Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What you need to know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? So McDonald's has decided to honor the birthday of one of its most beloved old school characters, Grimace. For the first time in five years, McDonald's is releasing a new flavor on its shake menu, and it's called the Grimace Shake. It's inspired by Grimace's iconic color and sweetness. So starting June 12th, which I think is Monday, right? Uh, you can try the Grimace Shake as part of Grimace's birthday meal, which includes your choice of a 10-piece nugget or Big Mac accompanied by a medium fry and a medium Grimace Shake. The shake is a blend of vanilla soft serve and mixed berry flavors. It's purple, by the way. Okay. And it's the first new flavor since the brand expanded its collection of Shamrock Shakes in 2017. Yeah, I was wondering, um, I, I couldn't remember the Grimace. He's the big, fat, purple guy, right? Sure is. Okay, because you had Ronald McDonald. Hence purple. Right. Then you had the Grimace, <laughs> who's purple. And then who were the other McDonald's characters? Back? You had the, the Hamburglar, the Hamburglar mm-hmm. right, who had the bandit goggles on. Yeah, and then there's a, a girl. I forget what the girl is. I don't remember the girl. Hmm. So the Grimace, it's a purple shake, huh? Sure is. Kind of sounds good. The vanilla soft serve with the fruity flavors. Yeah. Birdie the early bird. There we go. That's her name. Oh, Birdie the early bird. She was the forgotten McDonald's character. The breakfast character. She And then they had like the little things. They were like little blobs. They looked like they had a bunch of string on them. I don't know what they They were. They were the fry guys too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the fry guys. Yeah. Forgot about Mm -hmm. them too. There was also a, uh, a character for a little while called Officer Big Mac. I don't remember that guy at all. Yeah, he was before my time, but I remember vaguely seeing him when I was little. He may have been wearing like a full-blown Big Mac costume. Yeah, and he was dressed like like a police officer, right? And then he would go after the Hamburglar. Yes, right. He was gonna, he was gonna, you know, reign supreme. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is Grimace though? What is? No one really knows. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he's like, I think he's partial dinosaur. What makes you think that? I don't know, and part like lizard or something. Oh, stop. Now you're just no, lying. Now you're just know. doing that thing where you lie. No, I was just like, what's Barney? He's clearly a dinosaur. Well, he's, he's definitely a Barney dinosaur. Barney the dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Clearly. I mean, but weren't but- they like inspired by stuff at McDonald's, like the hamburgers, like the hamburger, the fried things, the fries? I wonder what they... Yeah, so what is Grimace made Grimace, after? What yeah. is Grimace? The dessert, milkshakes, and I don't know. That's why we were trying to figure something? it out, but it can't make... It, your, your reasoning don't make sense. That he's not a dinosaur? No. Oh. We're not eating dinosaurs at McDonald's, bro. Okay, so it says he's a large purple monster. Oh, a monster, see? Who was inju- introduced in November 1971 as the evil Grimace. Oi. I didn't know that he was evil. At least initially, evil. apparently. He was a heel. Oh, he was depicted with two pairs of arms, which were used to steal milkshakes and Cokes. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. All right. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Mm-hmm. So, real quick. Mm. Uh People are weighing in in the Sedano and Cap Circle of Trust, and you can be part of the Sedano and Cap Circle of Trust by going to Twitter, going to their community section in the search bar. Type in Sedano and Cap, and you'll find us there. So Dave Days tweets about our Chris Paul conversation. Sedano just convinced me, as in that the uh, Chris Paul to the Lakers is a bad idea for what I just described in regards to his leadership approach is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I say that respectfully because I think Chris Paul, I just told you, I think his leadership style would be perfect for the Clippers um, based on their roster makeup. So I think that, you know, I, I respect him a ton. I'm a big Chris Paul fan. I say that in, uh, you know, so to, in complete transparency. But um, I, I too understand, though, that it's, you know, it just not doesn't always work with every kind of other personality. Well, when you say that the Clippers locker room could handle a Chris Paul, Listen, the Clippers locker room, the, the, the star player of the Clippers organization is Kawhi Leonard. Correct. And Kawhi Leonard doesn't play in enough games and doesn't have the vocal personality to be for the Clippers what LeBron is for the Lakers. And, and LeBron doesn't even have to say a whole lot. 
everybody just already knows this is LeBron's team. When Russell Westbrook went across the hall, the reason a personality like his can be less of a pain in the ass to them is because they don't have the strong personalities that the Lakers have, so they bring one in to a room that doesn't have that already. Correct. Chris Paul could walk into the Clippers locker room and be that guy. Well, he was the franchise face for a long time, too, on top of that there. But he can't walk into the Lakers locker room and be the same character in the Lakers locker room that he can be in the Clippers locker room. Yes, that that is, you know what, Cappy? That is very astute of you to point out. See that? See that? That that is all it took was Barrett Sports Media to write uh, a column with you, me, and Shams and Haynes in the same story. Once I became like nationally relevant in the world of NBA coverage, well, I think you're taking it a little, a little liberally. I've decided to take it to the next level now. You know what I'm saying? I've decided to take my analysis to the next level because now I want Sham Sharania to care about what I say. I want Chris Haynes, and probably more than anybody else. I probably want to have a different conversation with Rachel Nichols based on the last time she well, and I met Well, because what did she say to you when you saw her? You approached well, you approached her, right? Well, she looked at me, and I looked at her, and we made eye contact. Yeah. And she actually was the aggressor when she said, Huh, I see you around everywhere. Who are you? And I said, Hi, I'm Cappy. And she said, Well, I'm Rachel. And I said, I know who you are, girl. And she said, uh, What's your deal? Like, what, what's your story? Why are you always around? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm over at ESPN 710. You know, you know your boy Sedano, me and Sedano make a little afternoon team. And she said, I'm the biggest George Sedano fan there is. And as she did that, she looked at my head, she looked down at my feet, and she walked away in slow motion looking back at me. And she was like, I'm the biggest George Sedano fan there is. But I intend to turn Rachel Nichols <laughs> into a Cappy fan. So Rachel, if you're listening, Chris we should get Paul, we should get Rachel on. Right. Chris Paul has the kind of personality <laughs> that works in the Clipper locker room but doesn't work in the Laker locker room. I, I, you know what, Cappy? That's I I'm with you. I mean Oh yeah. <laughs> she is a big George Sedano fan and it is reciprocated. I I've told you before, I would not have had the television career on NBA on ESPN. If it was not for Rachel Nichols, put Rachel Nichols putting me on the jump. Very, I think I very early little, on. I think I have a weird little crush on Rachel Nichols in a weird way. Oh, okay, now we're definitely not bringing her on. Yeah, exactly. Why? Yeah. He said it like I mean, last the, time. Yeah, the first time we talked about this cap, we were like, "Why do you have to make everything into that? You know, why can't it just be like an interaction between a cappy and a woman?" You well, know? no, it's just that like I remember her as a writer early in her career at the Washington in, Post. No, but even, wasn't she before also, the Sun Sentinel, the South the, Florida Sun right, Sentinel? And I read that newspaper all the time, so I remember Grow, her as yeah, a young person. Yeah. yeah. Then I, I um, obviously remember her, you know, for all of her work at ESPN, but I feel like she's the kind of person that I might have gone to, like, summer camp with, you know? Like, she's that... Like, I feel I, like her summer camps were probably a little different than your summer camps. Really? What kind of summer camps did she go to? I mean, I, I feel like because you, while, you, while you have certain things in common um, from your backgrounds, I feel like her background is a little different than yours. Yeah? She come from a lot of money? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just saying, you know, like, I come from, you know, I don't come from any money. Right. Well, definitely more than she you. came from privilege, huh? I mm-hmm. didn't come from I wouldn't privilege. call it privilege. I yeah. would just say that more than you. Yeah. See, um, you guys always call me, tell me how cheap I am, and I don't like to pay for things. You are cheap. Did you ever send your kids to summer camp? Um, yes, um, but wasn't happy about it because right. it's very expensive. But like right. when I was a kid, yeah. there was no summer camp for me because we didn't, we didn't have that there kind of There you go. So then you would have never run into her at a but, summer camp. But my dad was the electrician for the camp oh so, don't so you, you got know, to go for free don't you know that my dad would kind of work me into these things yeah. you know what i'm saying that's yeah. where it all started george that's where actually you get a lot of this hey king yeah. stuff from that's i presume where it all started yeah you know what i mean what hey you need me to come fix the lights well i need my kid to go to camp let's do a beautiful thing yeah a little barter yep that's right yeah um so yeah i just think chris paul you know, because a lot of there's these stories today, like on CBSSports.com, about like Chris Paul could help the Lakers solve their D'Angelo Russell and Kyrie problems. And what it's does like, that mean? What are the what are the D'Angelo well, d- Kyrie problems? Well, they're saying that you know that Paul, yeah, um, would like their assumption is Paul would want to play close to home and play with LeBron and win a championship and the Lakers are more of an ideal fit and D'Angelo doesn't fit with what they're trying to do and then obviously Kyrie is still looming but let's face it that you know most people don't think that's a good idea and so this would be an easy solution is what they're referring to 
Hmm. I don't think it's that easy, to be honest with you, for the reasons I've already established. I'll tell you this. The, the more and the further we get away from the end of the Lakers season yeah. and the more we just use the name D'Angelo Russell, while I was obviously really, really disappointed in the way D'Angelo Russell played or didn't contribute, especially yeah. offensively against mm-hmm. Denver, yeah. um, there's a part of me that thinks that the Lakers are probably going to find a way to sign him. Yeah, because they got to trade him though. Yeah. Well, right, but but even if it's not like a sign and trade immediately kind of a deal. No, eventually, yes. My point is, is that if you don't have him, you don't have him as an asset. Correct, one hundred percent. So you gotta you gotta sign him. Yeah. You gotta utilize him yeah. as best you can. Yeah. And then if he's not for you, then you gotta get get on with it. Yeah. But you can't just let him walk. No. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like. We kind of discussed that. Well, that's 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 for Rachel Nichols. Oh, I see. Is what that is. If that's, she's listening. That's analysis for Rachel Nichols. Yeah. Um, speaking of analysis, I thought this was interesting. So Dame Lillard, as you know, has been very coy about, oh, I don't want to leave Portland, or do I want to leave Portland? Do I want to leave Portland? Do I not want to leave Portland? Right? So apparently he went on the Showtime podcast this week and was asked straight up, like, hey, man, what's up? Like, there's rumors about you to the Heat and to the Nets and to the Knicks and all these other teams. Like, what's up with all that? And he did not hold anything back. <laughs> Miami, obviously. <laughs> Miami is the obvious one. And Bam is my dog. Bam is my dog, for real. But, I mean, I think Miami the obvious one. Brooklyn is the obvious one. Is another obvious one because Mikael Bridges is my dog, too. So, I mean, honestly, you ask me where I, I think I'm going to be in the a Blazers uniform, and that's what I'm, I'm, you know, participating in trying to build what we need to build, and you know that's that's where I am. So that's what it is. Miami won the championship. That definitely ain't happening. <laughs> so it's interesting because he played all the angles in that commentary. If you hear there, and by the way, I feel like you would love to be Damian Lillard's dog, like Mikhail and and Bam. Well, I would love to, and I'd also love to be able to do a Bam Slam because that's what Mike that was Green a great call yesterday. Night. Yeah, yeah. That when was a Bam had this great dunk over Jokic, uh, he goes, "That's a Bam Slam," and then everybody was giving him a hard time about it. I'm yeah. like, dude, did you just like make that up, or did you have that written down, or no. what's the deal on nah, that? It's pretty obvious, you know. Yeah, but um, yeah, I would love yeah. to be his dog. But uh, did I understand what he said there at the end? Yeah. So he here's what he said. He basically said he was asked if which one of those places would you want to go. He's like Miami, obviously, and then he tells you, and then the Nets. Uh, are the second obvious team. And then he gives you, well, but, you know, I'm trying to build something in Portland, blah, blah, blah. When it's like, come on, man. Like, we know what you're doing here. Like, just say it. Like, it's okay. Like, that's as close to saying it as he said it, but then he still couched it with the Portland stuff. And then at the end, what you were saying was, he basically said if Miami wins the championship, then they're out of the mix. Listen, if Miami wins the title, which, by the way, I still think Denver's going to win, but if Miami wins... Dame Lillard not wanting to join Miami after them winning a championship makes all the sense in the world to well, me. Well, because everybody gave Durant grief. Right. Right. You, you're, you're going to join a championship team. Yeah. And if they win, well, they were winners without you. Yeah. And well, if they wait, don't... Wait, wait, don't keep, Give me the last one on the other side, because I know Lindsay has questions about this, too. So let's do that on the other side, okay? Because we got to go to break. I'm going to write this down. Hopefully I can read my hand. Yeah, right write now. it down right now. Seriously, don't screw this up, okay? Because then you forget, and then we just get derailed, okay? I, I think I think I can read my handwriting. Okay, so let do that. And Lindsay has some questions about this as well. So we'll have that in two minutes. Plus, also Kareem with some interesting thoughts on the Lakers and LeBron recently. We'll get to that as well. Stick around, 710 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results, fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? 
your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Dream of Californication. Dream of Californication. Yo, I, uh, I don't mean to do this, but uh, can I put out an invitation to Flea? That if Flea would like to come to the Mandy's, he can sit at our table? I feel like every time we play a Red Hot Chili Pepper song, you also put out an invitation to Flea. Yeah, because I want to hang out with Flea. Didn't you tweet at him a couple times already to no, no response? I haven't, but I will. want to hang out with you. No, I'm, you know? I'm pretty sure you have, Cap. No I response. Like you have. Oh, then I will again. And I'll try again. I remember you you talking about it. Like, oh, yeah, I tweeted at Flea. I'm going to look mm. right now. Okay, I don't remember it. that, but. I'll tell you what I did just tweet. A lot of people are asking me, George, about the uh, VIP after party. And I will tell everybody that when the Mandys are done and we all spill out. Oh, you bars, definitely did tweet, Flea. I'm looking at it here. What did I say? What'd Flea I say, tweeted on August 25th, 2022. I have hated and despised Patrick Beverly for many years. I'm here now to announce to you that he is a beautiful man, a transcendent humanitarian, and a beam of cosmic light on the basketball court. Um, Boy, was and, he wrong. And you wrote, yes, Flea, would you like to discuss at Sedano and Cap at ESPN Los Angeles? <laughs> oh, wait, it's not the first time either. No, he also did else? back in November of 2021. What I oh, I see this. Then. Hold on. Let me see what happened here. Why are you guys searching this so well? Tell me how you guys On Twitter, it. it's you, very you easy. search your at next to his at. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Cappy, it's yeah. called receipts. This is oh. why. So, someone someone well, tweeted like about some, something, I don't know, whatever, with music. Somebody and, tweeted about something that you don't know. Go yeah, ahead. It's a long thread, right? And okay. you responded to it because someone said, Kaplan, it's Starfish and Coffee, actually. Oh, uh, he said, Kaplan's taste in music is white, where I expected it to be. And you said, yeah, 50-year-old white guy. Of course I like Creed, but I love... At Flea 333 and then Foo Fighters and Pearl Jam. But I guess that's not cool anymore. Question mark. What's not cool? Yeah. You also tweeted him in on January 19, 2022. Mm -hmm. What did I say to Flea then? Um, somebody tweeted about their obsession with the chili peppers. Mm -hmm. And he also tagged Flea. And then you wrote, send a link. Mm. Oh, <laughs> um, you know what one happened? One below that, George. Read that one. Yeah, what oh, I missed behind? that. Hold Let's on. hear it. What's the other one? Ha, I'll have to get one worth sharing. No, no, no. Oh, no? The one where he says, why so? Hold on. I have why to scroll so? down. Oh, Flea, February 15th, 2022. Make sure you read it before you I'm read it out loud. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> he basically had diarrhea, and you wrote to him, why so? Flea had diarrhea? Yeah. <laughs> and I asked Flea why he had diarrhea? Yes. You literally talked about his diarrhea. You literally just wrote, why so? Yeah, I mean, maybe he ate something wrong. <laughs> maybe, maybe, he, uh, I don't know. Who does that? September. People, people uh, who have diarrhea issues. Hold on. September 22nd, 2021, 20, listening to Jane's Addiction, the live bleep from 1990 making me cry, such a beautiful moment in time. And you wrote, what song are you feeling? You've tweeted him a lot. Like There's a lot. The There's seriously like an entire page of them. Well, hey, I want to say this to Flea right now. Hey, Flea, if you would like to come to the Mandy's on Saturday night and be my guest at our table, we will move out Dave McMiniman for you, sir. Why are you moving out McMiniman for everybody? Low you invited him. Guy. I know I invited him, but he's the, la he's the last guy in. So you have to yield to the bigger name. Mm. Is that wrong? Is that hella sus? Actually, you did this last year, Cappy, because you tweeted about Flea wanting him to come to the Mandy's. Right. And somebody responded, if Flea can't make tour. it, I'll take his spot. Let yeah. me know, big dog. Yeah, I think he was on a European tour last time. Last time, last yeah. summer, this time. He might be out touring now. Yeah. All right. So anyway, yeah. you've tweeted Flea a lot. Yeah. Hey, and I'll just say this. I just put out a tweet that shows now what I just received. Just received literally at the most recent commercial break. I have received the VIP wristbands for the late, 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 late after party. Okay? 
And so I have received the new VIP wristband. So for everybody that's in the circle going, we don't understand, how do we get to the after party? When the, when the Mandy's are over and we're all out in the bar hanging out, okay, I mean, there's a very limited number of these VIP wristbands and a password, and you got to get through security. So I, it's a pretty small, very tight-knit, highly secure late, late after party, which you will not be at, George. No. So anyway. Yeah. What was your thing about Damian Lillard? Okay, here's here's the deal on Damian Lillard. As he said in that soundbite. By the way, let's play the soundbite one more time. So he was on the Showtime podcast, as we've talked about for years. Damian Lillard's been very coy about wanting to leave Portland. And even in this situation where he legitimately was asked, which one of these teams would you like to go to? And he the list was uh, the Heat, the Knicks, the Nets. I think they threw in Boston in there, which, by the way, there is, I will tell you this, Lakers fans and NBA fans, there is a less than 0% chance that he would want to play in Boston, in my estimation. Okay? That is my opinion on that. Don't so aggregate him. Don't aggregate him. Is that a report? Him. Nope. Um, so, he was asked that, and then still couched it, even, uh, a couple of different ways. But go ahead. Play the soundbite, and then Cappy can say what he's going to say. <laughs> Miami, obviously. <laughs> Miami is the obvious one. And Bam is my dog. Bam is my dog, for real. But I mean, I think Miami the obvious one. Brooklyn is obvious one. Is another obvious one because Mikael Bridges is my dog too. So I mean, honestly, you ask me where I, I think I'm going to be in a, a Blazers uniform, and that's what I'm. I'm, you know, participating in trying to build what we need to build, and you know, that's that's where I am. So that's what it is. If Miami win the championship. That definitely ain't happening. <laughs> if Miami wins a championship, that definitely ain't happening. George, first thing I want to say about this soundbite is this. You are my dog, okay? I just want to make sure we're clear on that. You are my dog, dog. That's number one. Number two, if Miami wins a championship, why would Damian Lillard not want to join them thereafter? Here's why. Because if you win another championship, people are like, so what did you have to do with it? They were champions before you got here. Yeah, well, I just averaged 25 points per game. So what? They won a championship without you. But if they don't win a championship, and so let's just say they do, and then he joins them, and then they don't, then they're like, well, they won a championship without you, then you showed up, right. and then look what right. happened. Right, it didn't, right, it doesn't work. You, and there's the, remember, the whole Kevin Durant thing. People crushed well, him for so that. So that's what you I was going to say. Like, honestly, when you when you said that, or when he said that, and I brought it up to George, and even you, Cap, you're like, I can't, Matt, like, that didn't even come to my mind. Obviously, now that you guys say that, like, I get it. But, like, really? Like, do they care that much? Do players care that they much? They do. They do. About like what, what other perception, people think? Perception, yes. Right. No matter what they tell people tell you about that, particularly athletes and coaches at this level, I think there are very few that actually, when they say that they don't hear anything, now they can tune it out for a little while, but it, they don't tune it out forever is right. my point. Here, here, I'll give you an example. So Kevin Durant will always say that he doesn't care what old man Charles Barkley has to say about him, but he does. He actually does. And so if you're Dame Lillard... You don't want Charles Barkley for the rest of his time on TNT sitting on that desk laughing at you because you went and won a championship on somebody else's championship team. Mm -hmm. So Kevin Durant can say he doesn't care what old man Charles Barkley says, but I'm telling you he does. Yeah, but I get it. Now let me ask you this. All right, You're Pat Riley right now. Okay. And I tell you, you're down Mm 2-1. And I mean, we both know the answer to this. You're down 2-1, but I'm making you, forget about Pat Riley, I'm making you the Heat owner, the Heat GM, whatever you want to call it. Okay, I want to own a cruise line like Mickey Aaron. I tell you, you're down 2-1 in this series to Denver. Okay. If you you can either have Damian Lillard right now, I can tell you 100% you'll get Damian Lillard in the next offseason, but you're going to lose this, you're for sure losing. Like, you got to concede the series. Okay. Or... You fight for your chance to win a championship right now. Yeah. Which no one do you which window which door do you walk into? No brainer. Absolute no brainer. I'm fighting to win a championship right now. I agree. I mean, we've already <laughs> overcome incredible odds. Nothing is guaranteed, by the way. And all yeah. it takes, honestly, like we've seen it. We were just talking about Jimmy Butler earlier, right? And his ankle issue or whatever that he's been dealing with. All it takes is one turned ankle and all of a sudden one other player right. on Denver is hobbling too. Well, look, if Jamal Murray were to go out or if Jokic were to go out either or and even by the way it's not even out it's even just hobbled playing hobbled right like playing not at 100 percent if if either of those two guys 
were at 65% of their normal production. Rather than scoring 30 points last night, they'd have scored 20 points last night, and that would have been the difference in the game. Right. So I'm with you. As crazy as that sounds, I would take – you're you're already here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're already in the championship round. Like, you try to win the championship. Right. And I I would also say that if I'm Pat Riley, what I might be looking at on the floor would tell me, I need – maybe to bulk up and get taller no I, they also need scoring so damian lillard that they don't if, if damian lillard and bam and jimmy played together it would be pretty impressive and I'm just fun saying, like you could still get beef. it i mean i mean beef you can get beef for cheap you know what i'm saying in the nba yeah that's well a, that's a funny saying yeah if i'm getting i'll just go back to, cheap to beef. Lindsay. yeah Lindsay, not understanding why a guy like lillard would not want to go to miami I just feel should like they it's win crazy the championship that that's like the main thing no, you know you don't, well you don't the championship part somebody else like if they won yeah. yeah, I'm telling you, you don't want to go to somebody else's team. Well, he's going to go to someone else's team regardless. No, at this no, point. but but he but he doesn't want to go do what. Except Brooklyn, Brooklyn would be his team if he went to Brooklyn. I bet you that's a good part, spot for I him. bet you no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't win a championship. No, that I mean, Mikael Bridges is really good. That's uh, his dog, by the way. It is his dog. Um, but they they're not championship level. Like I don't think. Like if he you plop like if you plop him into Miami, like right now, if they don't win, would that work? They would a- absolutely be near the top of the list of teams um, that would be favored to win a championship. They'd be in that top three to five for sure. Oh, I understand what he's saying. I wouldn't want to do it either. If, I, if- but I but I get it. I'm with you. I I'm 100 percent in agreement. By the way, uh, funny tweet that rolls in from, from who? Kent McGrath. Okay, what's up, Kent? New segment idea. Crazy bleep. Scott Kaplan tweets celebrities. I like that. I like that. I like it a lot, as a matter of fact. I mean, I feel like that happens quite often on our show anyway. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I thought about that when you guys yeah. were reading those because it was Let's hilarious. sponsored, yeah. guys. Hey, we didn't get to the Kareem stuff. We'll do that at 6. Kareem with some interesting thoughts on the Lakers' season and LeBron specifically. So we'll get to that. Blake is going to join us, our Dodger insider Blake Harris, at 545 as he does every Thursday. But coming up next, the award-winning segment, Radio Tinder in two minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks, Christopher. Cleveland, this is for you! So do I run it back? If I if I win, you know, if I win, because like I said, I'm trying to be positive and optimistic and manifest I don't that. think you can say that again because LeBron only said it once. Right. So that's what I was thinking. Like, You have to come up with something more clever. Now, you're a big wrestling fan. I'm sure there's a lot yeah. of interesting wrestling lines you could use. Say that's that. true. How about but- an homage to... Uh- to the Iron Sheik, who R.I.P. died this past week. Iran number one. No, I wouldn't go yeah, Iran I was number one. Say, USA. Yeah. Iran no, number no, no, no. one. Yeah, probably not a good idea. No, no. Why? No. Yeah. There's other wrestlers you could use. Yes. Who USA? Maybe I'll go like Hogan Heel. You know, yeah. maybe like or The Rock or something. Oh or, yeah, the Rock. I'll yeah. have to think about that. Call everybody so you, a bunch you of jabronis. Yeah, your Rudy Poo candy asses. <laughs> jabronis. I love that word. Are you gonna call producer em- Emily a jabroni? No, she's not a jabroni. I just didn't know. I know there's a rivalry there. But it's it's a respectful one. Calling her a jabroni would make if, it if we're, less respectful at that point. No, it is. If we're a rivalry, never mind. Anyway, researchers oh, at the man. Cal State Long Beach-based Shark Lab used drones to study juvenile white sharks along the Southern California coastline mm-hmm. and how close they swim. 
mm-hmm. to humans in the water. Turns oh, out, it's way closer than you think. It's very, very close. Every day. <laughs> Every single day. So oh, it's yeah. almost within the bite radius, but it's actually still very safe. There were no reported shark bites in any of the 26 beaches surveyed between January 2019 in March of 2021, and most of the time, swimmers didn't even know the sharks were there, That's but right. they could easily be seen from the air. That's the right. researchers confirmed that surfers, swimmers, and sharks can coexist peacefully, and they hope that this study can change people's perception of the risks that sharks pose to people that share the ocean with them. Are you guys afraid of sharks? Swipe left. Oh, swipe hell right. yeah, swipe right. Who the hell's not afraid of sharks? Dude, swiping right, petrified of sharks. I mean, petrified. I swam for all those years training to go do the Ironman where you have to swim in the ocean, and I freaked out every time I was in the ocean. I've got a friend of mine. You guys would find this interesting. He's got an Instagram account. His name is Scott Fairchild. It's Scott underscore Fairchild. And every day he shoots drone videos of sharks under surfers. So he's probably gone viral a couple times because I feel like I've seen those a lot lately. Oh, yeah. He's got, I mean, he's got a crazy, crazy following. I mean, he's got it up to over 60,000 people now on, on Instagram, and he shoots these drone videos. When you see that these sharks are right next to all these surfers, and they find out that a shark is close by, when the drone comes down, it's like a signal. Yo, bro, right nearby you. It freaks me out, man. Yeah, they, it's time to move, right. Did you see that video of the guy whose uh, like little uh, kayak was attacked by a great white shark. Shark comes out of the water and grabs his kayak. Did you guys see that video last week? No, I missed no, it. Oh my God, it was amazing. Great white sharks aren't, they don't tend to, to uh, swim that closely to the shore as like these other sharks that they were, you know. Sorry. Oh no, these are great white sharks. But they don't, I'm saying like they don't like normally they don't tend to close swim super close to the shore like other types of sharks oh, do. gotcha. All like right. those are further out in the ocean. I think they like cold water maybe. Yes. I don't know, but they're around surfers, so they're not that far out. Well, surfers tend to surf in colder water where the waves are, right? Yes. All right, what's next? <laughs> I love that Sedano is now a marine biologist. Less than 24 hours after it was revealed that the NFL was investigating Isaiah Rogers for betting on NFL games, Albert Breer reported that the league isn't just looking into that Colts cornerback. Breer indicates that a number of players could be implicated across the league, not just Rodgers or others who have already faced penalties. So in other words, this is far from the last that we're going to hear from the league about sports gambling violations in the NFL. The NFL is being very careful with how they want to proceed, knowing whatever punishments they hand down could potentially set the tone for future gambling punishments. Mm -hmm. Do you guys think the NFL's current gambling policy is too strict? Swipe left or swipe right, Kepi? I'm going to swipe right. I think it is too strict, but here's what I mean. I find it so incredibly hypocritical that players are going to find themselves suspended for gambling. Now, Now, if you told me that Aaron Rodgers was gambling, that the Jets were going to lose, I'd have a monster problem with that, wouldn't you? But if you told me that Aaron Rodgers was betting on the Cal football team to beat the USC football team, I don't have a problem with that. Do you? Yeah, I, I right. I agree with you on that. And I, I think it's hugely hypocritical because of all the money that they're taking in from all these gambling companies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm with you on that. I also will swipe right. Um, I think that it needs to be specific to the NFL. And that's it. So I guess a lot of these violations, or at least like the most recent ones with this guy, he admitted to gambling on a college football game like while he was in the parking lot of the team facility and to me i feel like that's kind of like bullcrap like that's kind of a dumb thing for him to get in trouble for you know i don't know it's just me you know yeah this whole idea that he could have been at his apartment but instead he was at the team facility in his car in the parking lot which is you know so therefore you know you were on team grounds and you can't gamble It, it just sounds so hypocritical that nfl owners would have investments into these monster gambling operations, and yet players are getting suspended for what the NFL is now promoting. Right. To your point, they've changed, obviously, the rules as far as like what they're allowed to advertise and partner with and et cetera, et cetera. But they have not updated the league's gambling policy to reflect that. So I feel like if they're going to be able to do all that and change the rules because, you know, they're the owners and they can do that, then I think that they need to, like, you know, they needed to revise the entire gambling policy, Yep, in my opinion.
Next. Brian Cranston announced that he plans to take a break from acting in the next few years to spend more time with his wife. Mm-hmm. In an interview with British GQ, the 67-year-old Breaking Bad star said that he planned to take the break in 2026 and maybe move to France. He said, quote, I want to go for day trips and have the fire in the fireplace and drink wine with my new friends and my wife and not read scripts. The actor told the magazine that he wanted to put his wife of 34 years first after she supported him throughout his acting career. So when you guys decide it's time to walk away from radio, TV, the Cappy cast, all that stuff, and fully retire, what do you plan to do? Oh, yeah, travel for sure. I will plan. I will probably purchase a second home somewhere. Where? Do you have I, any ideas? I don't know. I don't know now, but somewhere, not somewhere, not France. Uh, maybe I don't know. Um, somewhere where I would want to spend a majority of the year or a good portion of the year, right? Um, preferably, like, I mean, look, if it's, I'm just spitballing off the top of my head, somewhere maybe like Hawaii, like for the winter time. Yeah, you know what I mean, and just be like there and just you know, just kind of away, right? And just enjoy like drinks and surf and beach and no sharks outside outdoor stuff yeah i i that would be like off the top of my head if we're spitballing something that i would love as an older person yes i don't think i'm ever going to retire i think i have a fear of retiring um i had a friend of mine i swear to god totally true story this guy retired on like a friday went out to the desert to go to whatever pga tour event was out in the desert and I swear to you, I'm not joking with you. Retired on Friday, dropped dead of a heart attack on Saturday. Wow. Younger guy. You think, but he didn't drop dead because he retired. Was he no. in good shape? He was. Mm. Um, That's I know. Crazy. I just have this like weird fear of retiring. Um, because of that? Um, that and a couple So you're others. saying the Cappy Cast is going to be an infinity thing? Like, you no, know, like, no, I'm not sure about that. Mm. I just think I that- mean, you could do the Cappy Cast from anywhere. True. true. Are you true. afraid because you think like, oh God, I'm getting old and like I'm so old that I'm retiring, so I'm no, I think close it's to croaking? More, no, more like if I retire and I'm not like using my brain, I'm not like active every day. I'm yeah, but if you're traveling and learning, yeah. and learning new experience and doing new experiences Hobbies. and learning places, like like visiting places and learning about that, you're still using your brain. Yeah. If I'm Brian Cranston, by the way, there's hey Brian, and listen, gosh, man, we really appreciate all the voice work you did for the Mandy's, and it's awesome. But I'll tell you, man, you don't even have to retire. Just just say, hey, I'm going on vacation for six months. You know, I mean, you can always come back to it. Just don't bother me for six months. Leave me alone. I don't want to read scripts. I want to go to France, drink wine with my new friends, hang out with my wife, etc. And by the way, I think he means forever, though. I don't think so, man. Good role comes up. He is 70. Is he really? Is Brian Cranston 70 years old? Really? Yeah, man. I didn't know that. I did not know that. Wow. Hmm. Well, I do think I do like the idea. I did not know that. That is weird. I do like the idea, George, of getting a house in Florida eventually and making that my permanent residence so I can get all the tax benefits of Florida. And then I only have to be there six months. There's not a lot of taxes in Hawaii. Oh, I don't know anything about the taxes in Hawaii. I don't I haven't studied them. I'm sure you have, but I haven't. So yeah, I just, well, I'm uh, just telling you. You're yeah, right. It's all, it's all my family's still down there, you know. I could see. Yeah, it. but by the time you retire, is all your family going to still be down there? I mean, what are you saying? My parents are going to be dead. By the time you retire, by the time you retire, like you should be your parents' age now, right? I guess so. Oh, my parents are kind of young still. How old are they? My father is seventy-five. Just turned seventy-five. That is young because my dad is seventy. Yeah, my mother is seventy-three, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All I know is my grandpa, uh, rest in peace, love my grandpa. R.I.P. He did not retire until I think it was like three or four years before he passed away that actually like finally completely retired Mm because he he was a business owner and he just could not give that up. He was an entrepreneur to the end. I know. I just, I, I literally just had a friend of mine who's married to an older guy and he just retired, just sold his business. He's like 85, this guy, like 85. Just sold his business. And like my biggest fear from him is that he's just going to die. Hey, true story. I swear to you guys, totally true story. My next door neighbor, directly next door, 75-year-old guy, doctor, retired a year ago. Like two weeks ago, his wife told me he just from out of nowhere died. Sounds like this. I mean, I guess if I'm UCAP, I'm probably, this, I'm not this is retire. a little bit of a fear because yeah. now that you know multiple people that this has happened to, right. where they retire and then they die, like, yeah, yeah I kind of get it. Yeah, not retiring. Cappy casting for life, baby. 
All right, that is Radio Tinder, brought to you each and every day, award-winning Radio Tinder by our friends at Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala, award-winning small-batch premium sippy tequila made from the finest mature agaves. Available everywhere fine tequilas are sold, and you can check out Tequila Mandala when you go to the Mandy's if you're there. Uh, Demand the extraordinary with Tequila Mandala. Blake Harris, our Dodger insider. Is this the end for Noah Syndergaard as a Dodger? How bad is this bullpen? All those questions for Blake in two minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you see uh, what was posted by Beto and Whittier in the Sedano and Cap Circle of Trust? No. He put out the video of that shark taking a hack out of that kayak right off the coast of Hawaii. If you have not seen this, dude, you have got to see this video. It's no, in the I don't circle want to trust. see that. I don't want to see that. This guy is sitting in this little kayak. He's doing this fishing, and from underneath the depths of the ocean, ba Bana, 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 and then all of a sudden, boom, from out of nowhere. I mean, there's no there's no time to react as this giant fish jumps out of the water and bites this guy's kayak. That'd be the last time I go in the ocean. On that note, let's go to Blake Harris, our Dodger insider. You can find him on Twitter at Blake H. Harris, the Substack. Subscribe to it. He's doing the Lord's work covering the Dodgers there. And uh the podcast inside the ravine. So, are you a ocean guy, Blake? Before we get to the Dodgers, uh, you know it all depends. You know, I, I like going out for a good swim, but I wouldn't necessarily say I'm an ocean guy. But I definitely could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are you a Mandy's guy? Are you coming to the Mandy's on Saturday night? I that that's a great question, Scott. I may or may not be in in attendance. Uh, you know, if, if you need a plus one. I'll gladly oh wow! Your, uh, no, no, he's already promised. Well. He's already promised like seventeen thousand people. So. But, but I do have some extra Mandy's tickets if you would like to come. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, it's the gold VIP wristband for the after party. But it's not just the wristband, Balake. You got to have the password too, because anybody can get VIP wristbands on Amazon. You got to have the password and the wristband. <laughs> are, are you you want to come? Now, what, I, I, I got to ask, what's going down at the VIP? I got to know. You're going to have to show up, pal. Hmm. That's, that's a good you sell. You don't even know, Blake. Well, good sell. at the moment, it doesn't look like uh, Noah Syndergaard has got a VIP wristband to stay on the big club. He's gone the IL. Is this the last we've seen of Noah Syndergaard as a Dodger? I think it is. I, I think that the Dodgers, obviously, they put him on the IL with, I think, what was ruled as a blister and I put those in air quotes, Blister, mm-hmm. because I don't think he has any sort of injury. I think the Dodgers essentially, they don't want to release him just yet. They want to keep him in case they need some sort of you know depth with their really shallow uh, starting rotation. But, yeah, if I were to guess, I, I think this is probably going to be the last we see of him, barring a starter getting hurt in the next week or two, and all of a sudden they need him. But he's been the worst starter in all of baseball this season. I mean, we saw what happened yesterday. It just seems really, really tough to see him take the mound again for the Dodgers. So, Blake, I read your Substack. You Wait. Read your... Wait. Did you what? subscribe? Did I say I subscribed? You said you read his Substack. That's what I said. So, which is it? I just read it. How did you read it? Lindsay sent me a link. Oh, sure. Um, so, anyway, Blake, I was reading your uh, Substack, and after what George is talking about with Noah Syndergaard, what is this this pitching staff about to look like. I mean, it's not 
really very good right now. Yeah, so it looks like it's going to be Michael Grove taking his spot in the meantime. And outside of that, uh, you got Kershaw, you got Julio coming back, you got Gonsolin, but it's looking really, really thin. It's not looking too, too great at the moment. And that's why, you know, it's tough to say if Syndergaard's going to make another start because there are no other options. I mean, at this point, the options in the minors are non-existent. There's no one you can really turn to. And I don't think they're going to be making a trade anytime soon. So, yeah, it's Michael Grove. And then, yeah, there was Syndergaard waiting on standby if needed, which if that's the case, uh, you might want to look away and not watch a Dodgers game if you're having to rely on him again. I know, man. I, there's a part of me, I can't believe I'm about to say this, there's like a part of me that actually kind of feels bad for him um, because every yeah. time he pitches, he's so bad that the media stands around him and they're like, so, dude, you sucked again. What's the problem? And he's looking well, at them did, and he's did going. You guys hear, did you guys hear what he said last week, what his quote was following his, his outing last week? Well, he was he was very like, you know, if I recall correctly, it was something to the effect of like he was blaming himself and he was saying he was terrible and he just like he almost sounded like defeated completely. Yeah, like, like I got no answers. Yeah. He he said that he would give up his hypothetical firstborn child if he could right. throw the way he used yes. to. Right. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, he's he's going through it. He's going through it. And I, I will give him credit though, because although he's been horrible, the dude handles every post game interview like a champ. Like he mm-hmm. takes every question. He's not a jerk. Like, he could easily just not answer any questions, not show up. But I'll, I'll give him credit. Like, the dude, he answers the questions. And you could tell, like, he's genuinely upset. Like, he – I said this on, on our podcast last week. Whenever he does a post-game interview, it sounds like his puppy died. Like, yeah. that's how sad he sounds. So, mm-hmm. I, I will give him credit for that. He, he handles all that like a champ. Uh, Blake, the bullpen isn't any better, though. Like, what are the answers there, potentially? Well, the answers are apparently rookie Nick Robertson – and journeyman Taylor Scott, because they're the only two guys the last couple of days that are looking for the Dodgers. Everyone has struggled. Even Evan Phillips, who's been the best reliever the last couple of years, he's looked bad this past week. So I'm hoping that by Kershaw giving everyone you know a day off today might help him a little. Obviously, they're going to be going to Philadelphia this weekend, but it seems like every guy that's coming out of the pen, they're allowing at least a couple runs. I mean, at this point, if it was a one-run a one game, and it's not Evan Phillips on the mound, I don't know who I would trust. You might you could just get like a roulette wheel, put everyone's name on it, and just spin it at the Commerce Casino this Saturday for the Mandy's and uh, have, a, have a random name pick up, and that's who you got to go with in the bullpen because the options are very slim right now. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it's one thing when you lose two out of three to the Yankees, which you know was obviously no Dodger fan is happy about that, especially with those games at home. But it's another thing when you're on the road and you're getting beat by Cincinnati, you know, um, and, and now you're going to be playing in Philadelphia. And, look, um, there are a lot of teams that ha- had a high expectations coming into this season. Philadelphia, based on being in the World Series last year, was one of them. It has been a very disappointing start for the Phillies. Um, maybe an opportunity for the, for the Dodgers to, uh, to you know, pick it back up here, Blake, against Philadelphia. Yeah, because, you know, they just lost the series to the Cincinnati Reds, a team that they should have taken the series from, and they lost two embarrassing games. They're going to go to Philadelphia, a team that's really hot right now. I think they've won four or five games in a row. And this is a team, although they haven't you know, played up to expectations, this should be a team come October that the Dodgers are going to be facing. So it's going to be a tough matchup. I think there's some good pitching matchups on the board. So hopefully the Dodgers can right the wrong after you know losing four games in a row before today and pick up a, a much-needed series win against a really good team. Uh, Blake, as we look at the rest of Major League Baseball, right, like, you know, I feel like every once in a while I like to kind of check in with you where you're at, just kind of on the bigger picture right now. When you look at the rest of the National League, what sticks out to you the most at the moment? The fact that the D-backs are still sticking around. I mean, it seems like every week we're saying, okay, you know, it's early in the season, they're going to cool off. It's early in the season, they're going to cool off. But, you know, we're two months in. I think we're officially at the 62-game mark, so only 100 games to go. And the D-backs are still, I think, they might even have the best record in the National League at the moment. So they're the biggest surprise to me. And I guess the other one, if you want to go with the biggest surprise, I'm still shocked that the St. Louis Cardinals are as bad as they are. Yeah. I think they actually still might have the worst record in the National League. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to be either the best or second best team in the National League this year. So they're really, really surprising me as well with how bad they've been. Yeah, but the, 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 the National League this year reminds me, George, and Block A, of what we were talking about with the Western Conference during the NBA season, 
we kept talking about why LeBron would try and hustle back from injury because the Western Conference looked like it was ready to be taken. And when you look at the National League, nobody's gone running away. And, you know, very frankly, teams that you expected to be good have not been. And while they may be sitting in fourth place or fifth place in their division, they're actually not that far out necessarily from the wild card. Uh, and I know it's super early to be talking about playoffs, but the, the National League is reminding me of the Western Conference. Um, that, that's actually an interesting analogy, Cappy, because if you look at the National League, there are a couple of teams that are where you would expect them to be. The Braves and Brewers, right? The Dodgers, even though they're not in first place at the moment, are right there. You know what I mean? But then you have the Diamondbacks to Blake's point. You've got the Pirates only a game back of the Brewers, and the Marlins are only a couple of games back of the Braves. So there are some teams here surging at the moment that you're like, oh, wow, I didn't expect those teams to be in the mix. Right. That's right. And, you know, the Mets and the Phillies, teams that you did expect – aren't you know teams like the Padres that you expected thus far are not sitting four games under 500 so I don't know Blake I don't know if you were watching the NBA close enough to understand the comparison from the Western Conference to the National League but that's how I'm saying it no that's spot on I mean yeah I was deep into the NBA this year and the Western Conference was just an absolute bloodbath and that's what you know it seems like the National League is going to be so hard this year because as you guys mentioned the wild card I'm looking at the standings right now you obviously got the three wild card teams you got what? It looks like five, six teams that are all within four games of each other. So I, I think this is going to be a competitive race these next couple of months because obviously you got the Padres who are four games under. They're going to improve. The Mets are two games under. They're going to improve. The Phillies are two games under. They're going to, they're going to improve. So there's going to be a lot of competition in the second half. And I, I agree. I think it's going to be like the Western Conference where the wild card standings might be changing on a night to night basis. Blake Harris, our Dodger insider, MLB insider, joins us every Thursday at 545. Follow him on Twitter at Blake H. Harris and subscribe to the Substack. He's doing the Lord's work there when it comes to the Dodgers, as I told you. Uh, don't be a cheapo like Cappy and try to borrow Lindsay's account. Uh, get yourself one of your own. And, of course, the podcast Inside the Ravine. Blake, hopefully, uh, if you do need a Mandy's ticket, ask Cappy because I'm not Ticketmaster. No, I'm, I'm not either, but um, I've got a bunch of listeners that keep giving <laughs> me tickets because for whatever reason they can't come and they want me to hand them off to people that would enjoy themselves. So, Balake, if you want to come, I can't kick Dave McMiniman out of our table for you, but we can get you there. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll, I'll see what I can do to get this uh, gold bracelet, but I might see you guys there. All right, pal. We'll talk to you soon. There he is, Blake Harris. Uh, all right, Cappy, coming up next, Kareem, as I mentioned earlier, I want to get to that now. Kareem with some thoughts on the Lakers and their season and LeBron specifically. So we'll get to that coming up, plus what you need to know in between. We're back in two minutes.